0: We talked about CBD and we've talked about driving and impairment on THC. So give me the uh, give me the the medical and the physiological and the well like all the background on THC and why is THC a different molecule molecule to, to C B D
1: So THC is unique um, in the, the cannabis plant in many ways. And a lot of our understanding of cannabis and the endocannabinoid system has been based around uh, THC, but it is a bit of an outlier compared to all of the other phytocannabinoids that are there um, within the plant. So THC stands for tetrahydrocannabinol. And the thing that's unique with, with THC is that it's quite similar in structure to um, some of our body's own endocannabinoids, especially anandamide. And with that, it has a strong or, or a relatively strong binding afi- affinity for our uh, cannabinoid receptors especially our CB1 receptor. So the the cannabinoid receptors are the main receptors of the endocannabinoid system. The endocannabinoid system is situated all throughout our body and it's there to regulate our internal environment and to keep things in balance and because it is a balancing system it has many many mechanisms that it can bring bring things back into that state of, of equilibrium. So because of that and because of that characteristic THC can be beneficial for a wide range of varying conditions because of the nature, the overarching nature of that metasystem through which it, it acts. So its primary mechanism is through those CB1, CB2 receptors, whereas when we were talking about CBD, it is a very promiscuous molecule as I said, and it 's binding to a range of different receptors enzymes, neurotransmitters, and having this gentle nudging effect across the system whereas THC is a bit more impactful because of its stronger binding affinity These, it's, it's a bit it 's a bit moment look it does play play the field a little bit it 's not just the um, the cannabinoid receptors through which it works it does have some activity through some TRPV and P sort of receptors as well as some of the other. Receptors we're starting to recognise as intricately linked to the endocannabinoid system, but its primary mode of action is is through that. So because of because of this wide ranging effects, and it can be powerful at very low doses as well. But because the endocannabinoid system is a is a system that swings both ways. To continue our innuendos, um, what THC is good at treating, it can also do the opposite of at inappropriate doses. So it's important that we start at low doses and slowly increase in a mindful way, because once you go past your therapeutic window and your optimum dosing range, it can actually start worsening the symptoms you're trying to treat.
0: So when you talk about the ECS being a balancing system, uh, I may be reading into this, but are you suggesting that if your ECS is out of whack, you're imbalanced, that could be uh, a symptom of that, maybe anxiety or depression, and therefore by getting it back into balance, it pulls those symptoms back in, or is that just an oversimplification of what the ECS does?
1: That is a hundred percent, you know, what is likely happening, and and so. Your body is responding to changes in the environment, both internal and external, all the time. Stresses or just minor changes. The, the way that we respond to those changes, uh, you know, this dynamic equilibrium that we always have, we have all of these opposing systems where they need to respond the right amount, so not too much or not too little. And the thing that controls that appropriateness of the response is the endocannabinoid system. And so
0: is the endocannabinoid system then potentially driving the release of hormones in the brain, or not the hormones in the brain, but you know the hormones that control mood or... I mean, is it it connected to all aspects of the body? Is it like the master regulator, if you will? It is
1: the master regulator. It is intricately linked to every physiological process, pretty much.
0: And so how is it then? I mean, how much time as a doctor when you're going through med school do you spend learning about the ECS?
1: Zilch. How is
0: that possible? Is it just because, I mean, we've known about the ECS for a long time. It's not new to medicine, but why is it overlooked by medicine if this is the master controller? Or, or would, would, a, would a Harvard uh, professor who was not open to plant-based medicines say that this is bullshit? I,
1: it's a loaded, loaded question. Why why are we not sort of taught about it? Um, multiple reasons, uh, and all of these are just my own speculation. Um, what, what one is that it takes significant amount of time for for things to be translated into practice even once it has been you know 100 percent determined the importance of a of a particular system so you know translational sort of research does take time but as you mentioned it's been well over 30 years since we've you know had at least a basic understanding of the the role of the endocannabinoid system two is that the endocannabinoid system was named because it was discovered because people were trying to determine the how THC produced its intoxicating effects, so it has this—it's tarnished in many ways by, by its relationship to cannabis. The endocannabinoid system is so much greater than than, than, than cannabis. So you're it saying is, it was
0: discovered through cannabis research. Through like we cannabis didn't know research. about the ECS until people started looking at you know cannabis and THC more specifically.
1: Hundred percent, a hundred percent, and that's been probably one of the greatest, greatest things that you know cannabis has been able to provide humankind. And it's done a done a bit is that it's actually helped us identify this internal internal sort of homo, homeostatic sort of mechanism that is intricately linked to all physiological processes. And yeah, scientists were trying to determine how THC caused its intoxicating effects. They just thought that it disrupted the cell membrane, or there was a passive diffusion from from the plasma into the cell, and it caused disruption of the cell structure. Um, and that's what they thought was doing it, but then they actually saw that it was binding specifically to these to these receptors. Um, and so from, from that, they discovered the receptors, and then they found the endogenous ligands, so the body's production of its own cannabinoids. And then from there, they tried to figure out what this was actually all, all trying to do. And it was all because they were trying to figure out how THC worked.
0: So do you suspect that an individual's ECS is like a fingerprint and it's kind of unique and if you then say well why why is cannabis medicine very personalized not a milligram per kilogram situation it's because of we we each have a very unique ECS
1: yes like a fingerprint in that it's that it's unique and there's no two that are the same but different to a fingerprint that it's constantly changing and adapting and it it, it, it is not a stagnant system. Man. It's, not a sta- it's,
0: not, it's not a stable system throughout st- your life.
1: Not a stable system, you know, at, at all. You might have you might have you know snips in certain genes that might you know make you more susceptible to certain conditions. But the endocannabinoid system, you know, CB two receptors will become more abundant in areas where there's you know inflammation or damage to try and help in- improve our body's capacity to heal itself. So. It will it will adapt and change if there's an excess amount of cannabinoids, like if you're using too much THC, the body's receptors will start going back, you know, intracellularly, because it's it's feeling overwhelmed and flooded by the amount of cannabinoids that are there. So it's it's a constantly adapting and changing. And,
0: and are other uh, drugs or molecules impacting the ECS, or is it oh, primarily uh, cannabis?
1: Look, there there probably are you know lots of other drugs that are impacting the ECS to be honest any any medication that causes a shift in our internal physiology is in some way going to you know impact or be impacted by the endocannabinoid system so all pathological processes in many ways can be influenced by supporting and upregulating the endocannabinoid system so i'm not saying that cannabis itself can be beneficial for all diseases but a healthy functioning and optimized endocannabinoid system is going to be beneficial for every disease process because if it was functioning optimally then it maintains tighter control over over the normal normal physiological processes and disease wouldn't be occurring without endocannabinoid system dysfunction.
0: Is there a test for ECS functionality like you can do a test to see how much vitamin D's in your blood, you know, et cetera, et cetera. I mean, is there, do you think, or do you think in the future there may be, there's there's the possibility for a test to see, um, you know, whether your ECS is in or out of whack?
1: Wouldn't doctors just love that? Yes, but no, there's, there's not, because there's no endocannabinoid gland. The endocannabinoids that your body produces are produced locally at a cellular level. So produced in the cell membrane, in the area where it's needed. It is, they're produced, on demand as required, and then they are taken back up in that local environment and and broken down and, and, and repurposed. So, right. so it's not you,
0: circulating, you don't have a level of it, cannabinoids naturally circulating in your blood.
1: There's, there's going to be definite changes in endocannabinoid levels in your blood, but you can't tell from, that, from, from those levels. Uh, what what tissue it's what tissue it's related to what change it's related to and because it is such a sensitive system that's responding to everything it's involved in all of our adaptations to our environment then you know so many factors can influence it what you've eaten the exercise you've done whether you're scared of the needle all this kind of stuff is going to influence that level so the only good way to get an idea of what's going on at a tissue level is to do a tissue biopsy but that is obviously a very invasive procedure and not one that can be done, you know, widespread sort of clinically. And we are very much in our infancy still, even though we've been known about the system for 30 years, we're really starting to see that it's not just an andamide and 2-AG, the primary endocannabinoids and CB1 and CB2, but there's actually an expanded endocannabinoid dome that's made up of, well, I think Didamieri did a looked at the cannabinoids within the blood, and I think there's something like 116 Different endocannabinoids and potentially 30 different receptors that these endocannabinoids work work on. So we're still, so we don't understand the intricacies of this system. Um,
0: sounds like a job for
1: AI. Sounds very much like <laughs> a job for AI, and it's pretty exciting to that we have the tools required to get a better understanding of this system. It's going to provide us with a lot of insight into a lot of different diseases as well.